Hello and welcome to the BHBC Pastors Podcast, where we seek to bring biblical and pastoral insight to everyday issues for the people of BHBC. He's Brian. And the other guy's Brian, too. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Uh, we are continuing our fall series on the end times. Uh, we should get some like spooky sound effects for that, just given... There you go. There you go. This man can do everything. Uh, last week, we introed the subject by talking about eschatology, your 25-cent word of the day. So if you want to know what that word means or what else PB had to say, go ahead and check out last week's. Um, but for today... Uh, we're going to look at the book of the Bible that we most associate with the end times, Revelation. So, Pastor Brian, you've talked through Revelation before in, in one context or another, right? You did it with the, the students a while back? I don't recall if I ever have or not, to be honest with you. Did I? Have I? They, they tell me you have. All right, maybe I did. But not, never preached through it. I've never preached through it. So it's one of the 66 books. Any any reason why not? I know you touched on this last week, but give us a bit of a, a refresher. Of why I wouldn't preach, uh, why I haven't preached? Have not yet. Um, I just, I find, I find it, um, well, number one, there are a variety of different interpretations of the book of Revelations, and they can't all be right. They could theoretically all be wrong, but they can't all be right. Um, and so because they are mutually exclusive in many ways uh, and then I also find I find just the idea as I said last week that people are just you know they, they don't want to necessarily glorify God through the book of Revelation they're just interested in some kind of secret knowledge mm. um, that you know because the Revelation as you pointed out is talking about uh, well, most people understand it to be talking about future reality, and so, um, so what is you know, what does that mean, and what what are these signs, and and then just people get get really worked up about it. People watch too many Left Behind movies, and um, <laughs> indeed they do. And I do appreciate the fact that you actually pronounce the book right, because so many people talk about it as the Book of Revelations, plural, but there is no S. In the book of Revelation, it is just Revelation. It I, is the Revelation. So, yes, that's super important. I'm really glad you brought that up because it is the Revelation of Jesus Christ. So this is... We, titles are important, people, and we need to understand that when we say Revelations, we're not just messing it up. We're also coming dangerously close to, to twisting what is said because what John, the apostle who wrote the book of Revelation, recorded is the revelation of Jesus Christ, the one that he received from Jesus and the one that is about Jesus. And so it is important to understand this is one revelation. This is one unit. This is one... Th- All right, I'm, I'm getting hot about it. This is not neither here nor there. But yes, well said. It is the book of Revelation. Um, so, Pastor Brian, help us get just some kind of foundational context to this book. So I already alluded that John is the one who wrote it. Um, what else can we understand about the book I- itself? Uh, when was it written, written where, genre? Just was, th- it things, yeah. when was it written? Yeah, it's a good thing thank I'm not you, a thank you, Bugs, thank you, Bugs Bunny. Um, <laughs> no, that's not bad. That's Elmer Fudd. I'm sorry. It is. It's Elmer Fudd. Well, um, so it was written. It was the last. Uh, we have every reason to believe, strong scholarly evidence to believe it's the last of the New Testament books that were that was written. So... Of the 27 books in the New Testament, uh, probably the earliest date for any of those books is 45 A.D.-ish. Um, 
the book of Revelation is probably 95 AD-ish. And so, so it's the last of the books written. Um, we have a variety of different genres in the Bible. So books written, so we have gospel, we have historical, we have letters. Those are all New Testament genres. Um, the book of Revelation is apocalyptic. Um, and so you, know, you, you might read it and you read it and you, you know, it has some rather strange language talking about beasts and dragons and all different, all the kinds of things. Um, and that's part and parcel to the apocalyptic literature. Um, or uh, not, uh, genre. Genre. Thank you. That's the word. I was losing my train of thought there. So good. No, that that's really helpful because it starts like a letter. So you've got well, you've got this vision of Jesus to John while on Patmos, which is uh, kind of different. But then you get you know seven letters to seven churches in in Asia. Things seem, and then you hit ver chapter four and just woo. Things things get pretty interesting pretty quickly, but how so why why was why was John on Patmos? Why was John on Patmos? That's a fun question. So he was exiled to Patmos. Um, church tradition would say that he had been boiled in oil prior to his exile to Patmos. That apparently was not effective, and so he was then shipped off to this little seven-ish mile island in the Mediterranean Sea where he was to see out his days. Um, alone, but Lord did not see fit for him to be alone, and so Jesus visits him in a vision and instructs him to record what he wrote down for Revelation. So it's not true that a cruise ship broke down, and that's what he just got off at Patmos. I don't true? think this is a Mediterranean cruise, and he's just on one of those uh, whatever excursions. They, excursions, yeah. that's the word. Yes, okay. I've never been on a cruise. Um, <laughs> so that, that's super helpful just framing for approaching the book we do want to have some of that awareness that we're not just stepping into just a narrative account uh, neither are we stepping into just purely a letter neither is it just poetry it's, it's apocalyptic it's its own thing we need to give it the respect that it's due so as we read Revelation, PB, I want to hit you with just a few uh, common mistakes that I know I've found myself guilty of, that I've seen others guilty of. I just want you to respond to some of these mistakes. Um, maybe they're not even mistakes, but you well, there we go. Take, take, take at it. So, I'm, um, I'm sure if you did it, it's probably not a mistake. Oh, shucks. Um, so number one, thinking Revelation is all about us. Yeah, so any, any book in the Bible has an original audience. Um, every book in the Bible has an original audience. And so um, they all also have a secondary audience. So we would, we would be a secondary audience to, uh, because it's the Word of God to us as well. But there was a primary audience uh, to the book of Revelation. So those first century saints uh, into the second century, uh, early second century. So, so if we if we tend to read the book of Revelation and and read it so that the only way to possibly understand it is to know the things that we know now in the 21st century and well now that we know you know that Israel was given you know made a country again in, in 1946 and mm -hmm. and so therefore you know now we know that the end times are upon us or, or what have you you know things that the first century audience would have had no clue zero clue about then it's probably a pretty good chance you're reading it wrong. Mm. Um, and so there, there, there has to be some meaning as well. When, when John is writing this, um, he's writing it for some people to, to help them in their moment. He's not saying, hey, I got this letter, 
and it's not gonna mean anything to you right now for the next you know 1900 years so just put it aside and in 1900 years you can break it out again out of the time capsule and then it'll start making sense to you that's not how he's writing the letter or the the, the book no that's that's well said and which touches on the, the second mistake thinking it's only about our future and so certainly the book does contain events that have yet to happen it describes the new heavens the new earth uh, christ himself returning those have not yet happened but much of what is written in the book did happen now again that's where we get into all the particularities of exactly what happened when and with whom and how and uh, so not going to touch on that but just understanding that because john wrote this um, inspired by the spirit to those first early second century saints um, much of what is written is for them and so for us to just to say well none of this has happened yet it's all in the future we're waiting for every aspect here to take place that that would be a mistake um, so you touched on this at the beginning, um, and I wanted you to just explain a little bit more about that. So the mistake is that we think Revelation is a mysterious code that only we can unlock. So where did we get that audacity to, after 2,000 years of church history, to say, oh no, 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 I know how to unlock these signs, symbols, secret meanings. I am the one who has, I believe, used secret knowledge, which I think is helpful. Where does that come from? Um... C.S. Lewis calls that chronological snobbery. And so this idea that, that you know, these first century people or pre-modern people, well, they just, they just didn't have the mental acumen to, to be able to, uh, to understand these things. And so now that we have you know, evolved, not in a Darwinian sense evolved, but now that, you know, now that we've gained all this knowledge, we're in a much better position now to understand what was really meant than they were. Um, I would argue just the opposite. I would say the people that received the letter, and frankly, so it's written in Greek, in ancient language, which is no longer spoken today. Um, and so what, what they speak in Greece today is Greek, but it's not biblical Greek. And uh, so that those people would have been in a better situation to understand exactly what the letter meant uh, since it was written in their mother tongue. Um, they would have understood it. That's not to say that we then should, that we have no clue what they're saying, because we, we do. We do have tools at our disposal where we can, where we can, by God's grace, come to it and what we believe to be an accurate understanding of an ancient text. But the idea that we know better than anybody who has ever gone before us, um, that's, we do need to be careful about that. So, um, was, was it St. Bernard? Um, I don't know, so don't quote me on that, folks. Uh, but one said, uh, we, we stand on the shoulders of giants. So we're, we're like pygmies, standing on the soldier, sold, shoulders of giants so, so that we can see further. And the giants would be those who have come before us. And so now we can climb on their shoulders. We can see what they have, what they have learned from the Scripture, and we can see further. So there is some sense that we can benefit from the work that Christians have done through the centuries, but the idea that we, if you will, know better is, that's a dangerous place to go, I think. That's well said. Thank you for that. And the last one I have is seeing the book as exclusively literal or exclusively symbolic. So I'm thinking, you know, the, the beast with seven heads saying, oh, well, there will come a day, maybe it will be a Tuesday, where a literal beast with seven literal heads comes out of the literal sea. 
I don't want to completely rule that out, but I think we're reasonably sure that that is John pointing us to a historical figure, something we need to see. But at the same time, the, the equal and opposite error would be to say, oh, well, clearly there can't be such a beast, and so it's just symbolic, and so we don't need to worry about that at all. Wanting to be careful not to try to reduce it down and fit it nicely and neatly into any one of our boxes, allowing it to stand for what it is, the inspired word of God, um, that is, in this case, written in the apocalyptic genre. Any thoughts on just the literal symbolic components of Revelation? No, you summed it up well. Okay. So then, to, to wrap up here, so those are things we want to be careful, be on guard against, thinking it's all about us, thinking that nothing has happened yet, it's all in the future, seeing it as this mysterious code or as exclusively literal or symbolic. What, what's something positive? How should, then, we come to the book of Revelation? How should we read it? Not exactly sure what you're um, striving for here, but I would say we read it, um, well, as we read all of Scripture, we read it with eagerness, um, anticipating uh, that God is at work through his word and and that even though these things may or may not have happened, uh, some of these events that we're talking about, uh, that, uh, that we know that God is fully in control of his creation. And so as we read these things, uh, we can glory in God who does all things well. So I'm not sure if that's what you're no, that, looking for. That's exactly right. So that it is as inspired as the rest of Scripture, and we should treat it um, as such. And that ultimately, so this is a book of hope. Um, it's not to spawn conspiracy theories or, you know, bomb shelters. It's a book of hope where we see God's promises fulfilled. The bride of Christ, the church, is united with Jesus, with the Lord himself in eternal Perfection. This is what we have to look forward to, brothers and sisters. And so whatever else, however we navigate the, the details and the intricacies, ultimately this is a book written to inspire hope in Christians for perseverance that we might endure until that day when, as we talked about last week, the trump sounds, the Lord's descend, and even so we can say until that day it is well with my soul. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this podcast. If you have other questions on the book of Revelation, eschatology, anything of this nature, we're, we'd be happy to hear. Uh, send us a text, shoot us an email, let us know in person, and we will uh, be, again, happy to include them. So thank you for your time. This has been the PHBC Pastors Podcast.